You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on my podcast house.com and a special episode of On the Turnbuckle. We've had a couple of weeks off just to sort of recharge the batteries to head towards the end of the year. And now as things start to look like they might be opening up for the eastern states of Australia, we thought that we'd have a chat to a couple of the key players, not just here in Victoria, but also over in Perth, to find out how things are going and how things will be going heading into the reopening of wrestling uh, around the eastern states. From Melbourne... I welcome Mikey J from Wrestle Rock. Hello, Mikey. Hello. Good to be back on uh, your wonderful podcast. Um, yeah, it's it's been very quiet over here, but uh, you know, trying to keep busy with a few different projects. So, yeah, making the most of a of a lousy situation. Excellent stuff uh, from DMDU Joel Bateman. Hello, yes. Joel. It's good to see you blokes again. It's been more than a minute. Um, like Mikey said, we're making the best of a bad situation, trying to stay busy, but uh, it, it creates some really unique opportunities when we've got nothing else to do but daydream and vaud plan. So uh, excited for things to come. And I apologise in advance for Joel, should it happen, but he uh, is expecting a baby any minute. Well, not him personally, but his partner. So uh, that could happen during this podcast. And if it does, we'll claim it as a first. But if he has to run away, we don't speak to him again at some point. All the best, mate. Thank you very much. And hilarious, representing- if, Joel, hilarious if Joel decides to stay on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 20 minutes, darling. We're nearly wrapped up. Just Either point. that or if the interview is going uh, belly up, I'll just be like, yeah, guys, got to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> what's that? And Your water broke. <laughs> representing uh, wrestling over in Perth, the granddaddy of wrestling. Davis Storm from EPW. Hello, Davis. Hello, sir. Now, my territory seems to be constantly expanding because first it was the godfather of Perth wrestling and then Jag left and we claimed the godfather of Australian wrestling, but now I'm just the godfather of wrestling, apparently. So this is this is good news. Expanding territory. We I'm pretty up. sure he called you the grandfather of wrestling, not the godfather <laughs> of wrestling. I know you're hey, well, to fit out. I didn't I think that was that bad. Like, <laughs> the grandfather. It may have been. Gentlemen, let's uh, let's go individually first and find out where we're at. We'll start with Perth because you guys seem to be the least affected state in Australia in regards to uh, lockdowns and the way that you've been able to conduct your business. And as a result, pretty much EPW has been running for most of 2021. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, it's 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 been great. Obviously, there, there's a bit of a I think there's a, a sense of almost survivor's guilt over here in Perth that we, we do look and see our friends in Sydney and Melbourne and the, the troubled times they've been going through, particularly over the last few months as things have really exploded over there. But, um, you know, we've just had to... We're, we're certainly very grateful uh, for the situation we live in over here. It's something that the, um, the leaders of EPW are constantly speaking about uh, at shows, at training... We're, we're constantly trying to remind people, hey, you know, this 
this could happen to us. It's not happening at the moment. And we really need to take advantage of the opportunities that we have and, um, and you know, maintain a sense of gratitude that it can all, it, it can all go away and uh, go pear-shaped very quickly. So uh, we've, we've had a great little period just with the Royal Show recently, the Perth Royal Show, um, where we were able to perform four times a day for eight days straight, which already in itself is an uh, experience that you can't really get anywhere else in Australia, but particularly not at the moment. So, um, you know, we're, we're just blessed over here at the moment, mate. Joel and Mikey, this question's at you, and I'll start it off with Mikey first. Your reactions, what was it about uh, eight to nine weeks ago now when we were told that we would be locked down for an extended period of time? And effectively, it looked like 2021 was pretty much done and dusted. Your reaction at that point in time? Uh, I was kind of expecting it. It was unfortunate. Like I, I sort of feel as though uh, in Victoria, we should have learned from the mistakes from last year a little bit better than we did, uh, You know, especially with everything that was going on in New South Wales. Um, I kind of feel like, be it due to proximity or whatever, uh, that was something where Victoria kind of dropped the ball. In terms of shows and things, it, it just sort of like, you know, it, it just meant that it was pretty much, oh, well, yep, of course, back into hiding, um, back into hibernation, you know. So, uh, yeah, we'd postponed Wrestle Rock already once. Um, and then that happened. And then we sort of went, yeah, you know what? Let's just try this again next year. But certainly some of the other places where I'm working at, um, yeah. There wasn't so much of that. Um, it wasn't as laissez-faire as what we were with with Wrestle Rock, you know, just because there are more shows, uh, more involved. It's a little bit, yeah, like it's more continuous. So, yeah, for us, it was it was pretty much, yep, right, of course, let's lock down, whatever. We'll we'll try again next year. Um, but yeah, it you know that doesn't take away the sting of it at all. And Joel, to you, your thoughts at the time as well, and I suppose. Your thoughts on the whole thing will be a little bit different to the other two guys to the extent that being a, a new promotion, you're starting to build up some sort of goodwill and then all of a sudden it was taken away, whereas the other promotions have been around for a while so they could probably rely on their fans to know that they're going to be there at the end of it. You hit the nail on the head like when you said what our reactions was. It's, it's disappointment and it's acceptance. Like... We came out of the gate in, in January, kind of, you know, all cylinders firing and pumped out, you know, 10 shows in six months. And then, you know, everything was kind of building to this big crescendo and to have it all kind of fall to pieces. We kind of had a taste of some freedom and that things were going to get back to normal. And then Mikey said, uh, obviously, you know, uh, the ball got dropped and you just kind of watch it evaporate in front of your eyes. And because we were kind of had built up to this crescendo in terms of obviously booking and storyline and promotion and marketing and all of that, you know, it's, it's super, super difficult to be able to kind of pull the pin on that a couple of days out. And then, you know, we've been postponing for two months, fingers crossed it comes good next month, but we're like, we're fully prepared for it to keep getting pushed back, um, which is all we can really do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mikey, you were, you saw the reaction of, the, the wrestling staff that you were associated with in 2020 when we were taken out of lockdown and we were sort of given that bit of a freedom through that December, January, February period. Are we expecting the wrestlers are going to be the same sort of 
um, mental sort of anticipation, you know, yes, let's get straight into it? Or is it going to be, because now we've been burnt a few times in the last 18 to 20 months, is there going to be that sense of, will this happen to us again? Are we going to go into lockdown? Will this stop? Is it worth getting all myself worked up, ready for a show to probably have it pulled out from under me? How are wrestlers going to work with that? Yeah, I I think there's a couple of factors at play. Like, you're always going to have people who are just going to be like, yes, I'm keen to come back to shows and do my thing. Um, but certainly over the, over the last year, I think we've also seen a group of people who have kind of seen the writing on the wall with it and they've fallen out of love with wrestling which which to me is a huge loss for for the scene here like melbourne has seen um half a dozen people either retire or walk away or whatever over the last 10 months or so and like big names and there's a factor of there's a there's a whole myriad of reasons that go into that but i think that we are like definitely the fatigue that comes with lockdown is part of that as well. And it's kind of a little bit of, ah, what's the point? What am I coming back to and all the rest of it? Um, and and that really sucks to see. Like, you are going to have people who are just keen to get back into it and whatever else. But, you know, certainly I think with, with any business here, having been through six lockdowns and two of them quite substantial and Melbourne being the most lockdown city in the world, woohoo, congratulations. Um, like, I think everyone's everyone's sort of at the end of their tether with that a little bit, not just wrestlers. Um, and I think we are going to see a little bit of a flow-on effect of that for some time to come. Um, but, it, you know, I think that's also on promotions and staff and management and all that to really make sure that they are keeping everyone motivated and excited to come back and re- really rebuild um, what we had here pre-COVID. Davis, your workers have been, as we said, working fairly freely through 2021. Is there a thought, though, in the back of the mind that at any point in time this could change? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, particularly for our top-tier talent who, you know, have been booked for interstate opportunities countless times over the last, uh, I suppose, six to nine months, um, and then seeing those a lot of them evaporating less than 24 hours before guys and girls are due to fly out as well, that um, opportunities can just evaporate in front of your eyes. Um, and it's, I, I, I think Mikey kind of nailed it on the head there that um, there, I think we discussed this earlier. There's a, there's a bit of, even with us over here where everything has been traveling well, there's this, hokey pokey sense of things where you are in this state of one foot in one foot out that you, you never want to completely recommit yourself to anything and allow yourself to uh, experience those heightened emotions, which is, you know, one of the great things about pro wrestling, about being involved as a fan or a promoter or a wrestler or behind the scenes. One of the great things is that uh, emotional release that you're able to get from wrestling, and I think um, there's definitely there there is a sense of not wanting to let completely go, not wanting to give yourself completely to it, um, knowing that you may have to readjust the reality without it again. Um, it does just give you, as I said earlier, there's there's a sense of appreciation there, and making sure that we don't take the opportunities that we have for granted. 
Um, and at the same time, you just know all of this is well beyond our control as wrestlers or promoters or whatever role we happen to play, um, that there is a greater societal issue going on here. And through no, no fault of our own, you can have that all taken away from you. I just wanted to add please. to what Davis was saying as well in that, you know, COVID can go away and, and whatever else, like not go away, but, you know, everyone talks about opening up and all the rest of it. But even with that, um, that doesn't mean shows come back straight away. Like there's no, there's no guarantee for how many people can actually come to a live event beyond a, a 150 seated cap. You know, at what point does that then change as well? When when can promotions actually put on events that are going to be financially viable? Because at 150 people, I don't think you're really making any money on that from a promotional standpoint. Um, so, you know, that adds more delays as well. Hopefully, you know, it means that people are back in training and doing all that and, and really finding their feet and rediscovering the passion that they have for wrestling in that time before shows come back. Um, and I think that's sort of where there's the responsibility on everyone from the top down to ensure that when those restrictions do lift with live events, everyone's really raring to go. Uh, you, you're dead right there. And it would seem that the government seems to favour outdoor events more so than indoor events, as we've seen in the past with rules and regulations. Joel, having been involved with an outdoor event in wrestling in the last couple of years with the event that we uh, held at the baseball centre, uh, for the charity event, is there an opportunity that uh, an outdoor event could be the first wrestling that we see in Victoria in the next few months? Most definitely. I mean, coming out of, you know, the, the big lockdown through Christmas and, and when everything kind of kicked off at the end of uh, 2020, started this year, everyone was just kind of looking for every cool little opportunity that, that we could find, you know, whether it was obviously we were able to organize the fundraiser at the baseball stadium or, you know, uh, promotion stepping out of their comfort zone, obviously wrestle rock going and, you know, running a brewery, uh, you know, we've gone on the road and gone up to Ballarat kind of just jumping in any opportunity that we can get running outdoors is obviously the most logical thing when it comes to capacity, but, logistically there are so many more things because you know we we don't have those smaller size stadiums that cater to an australian wrestling size audience there isn't you know with a couple of major exceptions you know outdoor areas that will seat you know three five six hundred people which is obviously like a two and a yeah. half three thousand seat arena comfortably to kind of make it work for everybody it's either massive and ten thousand people or you're in a park in the middle of nowhere and then again you've got to hire in everything there's very little infrastructure there um i like i know i'm not the only promotion that has looked at it coming out of this but it's um it's almost more trouble than what it's worth if the infrastructure isn't there yeah, interesting. Uh, Davis? I, 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 for one, am cool with it if it means the return of HVWA in uh, Robbie Eagle's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'd all like to see that. Davis, uh, obviously, rules and regulations, as we said, over in Perth are different. Uh, tell us about the crowds that you got at, uh, at the show recently and, and also the crowds that you've had at your live shows over there in Perth. Have you noticed a, an uptake in uh, in people and, and eyeballs on the uh, on the wrestling over there. Yeah, it's 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 a very tricky thing to to gauge accurately, but I would say that my gut feel was probably that 
when wrestling first came back um, and we had mild restrictions in place uh, that were affecting caps, we were able to sell out pretty quickly, but people realised there would only be the 250 tickets available or whatever it was that we were selling at the time. Um, and we were selling out very quickly. Um, but in turn, I think, as I said before, you, you, you start to deal with both mentally and emotionally um, not having everything available to you, whether it's your friends or your work or your form of entertainment that you enjoy, that when we go into these lockdowns, I think each time we do, um, there is a sense of um, dissociation, I think, that we, we prepare ourselves, we steal ourselves to be able to live without these things. Um, but what we realise, unfortunately, on the other end of that is that maybe we can live without these things and that um, it does feel a little bit like there is still a reluctance to, to make plans and to go out knowing that it could, it could all just go away. Um, like I'm fairly certain, even, even with our relaxed regulations here throughout the year as, as everything played out, and we, we were subject to a few really short, sharp lockdowns, um, but obviously nothing like what's going on in Sydney and Melbourne at the moment. And uh, attendances and crowds at footy games this year were actually pretty poor. Um, and you, you can put part of that down to the WA teams didn't perform particularly well either. Um, I know the Dreamtime game here, the prelims and the grand final all sold really, really well. Um, so that that want to go out for a special event or, or once off is probably still there. But just trying to convince people to get out of the house at the moment, I think, is, is really tough. Um, People are, they've gotten used to staying home and entertaining people in their house and whether it's Netflix or hanging out with friends and family at home, um, I think people are staying home more. Um, I think we just imagine that as soon as things opened up and the opportunity was there, that everyone would just jump at that chance to get out again. And I think that's true for a certain amount of time. Um, but then... I think the, the flip side of that is people realise that maybe uh, being out doesn't make them feel as comfortable as it used to. Mm. Yeah, you're right. There is that trepidation about people going outside and will I catch it? Will I be sitting next to someone at an event who might have it yeah. that I don't know? Uh, I suppose one of the things that we're going to be looking at more so and more often in the, uh, in the upcoming months and years is the need for mandatory vaccination not just with our staff through wrestling, but also with the crowd as well. Let's look at the, the staff side of it first, though, Mikey, and that seems like it's definitely going to be probably a condition that will be uh, around in regards to the restart of uh, Victoria in the next few weeks. Are we prepared and are we able to, will we be able to ride through, for want of a better word, that storm, of having to make sure that everyone is 100% vaccinated before they come backstage? Well, that's going to be the responsibility of the promotions. And like you say, it's definitely going to be a factor, and it is, because that's mandated by the state government and I'm pretty sure the federal government as well. Like, that's a requirement. If you want to keep doing this, you have to get vaccinated. Um and that's going to be on promotions in order to make sure they're following the rules. Um, otherwise, I'm sure there are going to be penalties involved. 
does that mean that everyone involved in wrestling is going to like that? No, we've seen that already. Not everyone is going to be a fan of that. But those are the rules that have been set down, not just for wrestling, but for everyone. Um, so I think, like it or not, that's going to be something that's going to be here to stay for the foreseeable future. Joel, is it something that promoters need to start working on now with their roster to effectively get onto them and say, guys, we need to know where you're standing on this so we know that when we start to plan our first show in two, three, four months, we know who we will have and won't have available? Big time. Um, I, again, I can't speak for the other promotions, but for DMDU, we already have. Um, we put something out, geez, it would have been two or three weeks now, uh, ago when it, it all kind of started to come out that, you know, vaccinations were going to be mandatory for things like pubs and, um, you know, restaurants and stuff like that. So we, we took it to the talent. We explained our position and, and what we were going to do uh, in regards to everybody being vaccinated or at the time before it was going to be mandatory, we said uh, a negative COVID test every show 48 hours beforehand, which is a major inconvenience um, for talent. Then the, uh, the mandatory condition was put through and, and we pushed that onto the talent. And we did say this isn't a place to kind of start an argument because as Mikey said, it isn't necessarily a popular decision amongst everybody. But if you, if you want to continue to, to perform or promote or, or be involved in wrestling in any capacity in this country moving forward, it looks like you, you're going to have to get vaccinated. So we did say, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to give everybody an out. Um, no questions asked. We understand that it isn't for everyone. And certain people's personal beliefs may not align with the companies. Um, well, we, we didn't get any pushback, but we were definitely prepared for it. So uh, that was a blessing in disguise, I suppose. Um, I also got approached with PCW as well, just ensuring that I'd been vaccinated too. Um, yeah, and that wasn't a problem. So, yeah, I do believe that promotions, are, if they haven't already started, I'm sure they're thinking about it. Like when it comes time for us to look at doing this for Wrestle Rock, once it comes time to returning, um, yeah, that will be a requirement as well, especially considering that it's government mandated. What's happening over there in Perth at the moment, Davis, in regards to that? Because you guys have been open, obviously the vaccination uh, need of a, you know having a double vax to, to work or do whatever hasn't been fully brought forward. Is that something that's starting to happen, though? I would say that much like Western Australian society in general, uh, it's a conversation that <laughs> probably needs to happen and we're very slow in getting to. Um, you, you feel that even just being um, being outdoors in Perth, even when we have small, small scares or small flare-ups or, or whatever, you certainly see a a sense of um, a relaxed attitude towards it all. But um, I think it's, it's definitely something we need to sit down and think about um, ahead of time. And we are, I will say we are pretty good here about things come into play pretty quick and we, we do get things moving pretty quickly when we need to. Um, it would be good, obviously, to be ahead of the ball on this. Um, but I'm sure... I'm sure a lot of what we take in mind, please, I can't speak officially for the company because I don't sit on the board of directors anymore. Yeah. Um, but I imagine that, you know, much like Mikey was saying, it's it, it will kind of be taken out of our hands that there will be certain, um, there'll be certain mandates, government mandates that simply we have to follow and there's, there's not going to be any choice in the matter, I wouldn't think. And boys also... 
crowd, I suppose, is going to be the the other point. We talk about staff, but crowd is going to be uh, in exactly the same boat. You won't be allowed to go to events unless you're pretty much 100% vaccinated. Is that going to put a strain on promotions in regards to having security at the door, checking passports, vaccination passports, and all that sort of stuff? We've set a... I guess we've given the audience, again, a, a chance to opt out, so... Uh, unlike Wrestle Rock, who uh, cancelled their event and refunded everything, we've continued to postpone our two big events that originally meant to happen in August. But we sent out an email to punters a couple of days ago saying, hey, look, it's government mandated, state government requests that you're fully vaccinated. You can request a refund if this doesn't align, but you, you need to be vaccinated to be able to come to the show. We will be checking passports at the door. So it's more less surprising them on the night and kind of having that, that awkward interaction and more giving them every opportunity to one. And like, I have no disillusions that wrestling probably takes up a very small part of these people's lives. But if coming and seeing a live event is the decision for them to go and get vaccinated or not, you know, if we can pass that information on and say, hey, look, if you want to come and see this thing that you've been looking forward to for three or four months, you need to go get vaccinated and you've got enough time to go and get both your uh, vaccines if that's where uh, you need to be. We were just getting out there as quickly as we could and passing that information on. Mikey, the same with you. Your your venue, the, the venues that you normally play out of, including the Corner Hotel in Richmond more predominantly, because there's alcohol involved and because people might have already had a few drinks before they come and all that sort of stuff, do you think it's going to cause an issue? Uh it might, but at the same time, like, that's the expectation is that you've either been vaccinated or you're going to miss out on, uh, I guess, certain freedoms. Um, so that's, like, again, it's it's how it is. People may not like it, but that's that's where we're at. Um, yeah, like, we, we have to uh, go along with the... Um, with the rules that are set forth in front of us. Um, and it is what it is. Like, people may not like it, but look, the Corner Hotel has great security. And when it comes time to to start selling tickets for another show again, uh, you know, that will be in the requirements that this has to be done. Otherwise, you're not going to get in. So hopefully everyone's aware of it well in advance. Like, we, we plan on making sure that that is the case, as I'm sure the Corner Hotel and all the other entertainment venues that we run um, they're all in the same boat. You know, it's, it's not just, it's not just us specific, you know, they'll be, they'll be checking to make sure that, uh, any acts that's playing there or any, or sorry, any acts that they're selling tickets for, uh, the people who are coming along to those shows are fully vaccinated. It's just how it is. And if not, security will be there to say, sorry, you can't come in. Yeah, no, you're right. Security at the corner hotel is fantastic, especially at the last Wrestle Rock event when I went there instead of the brewery. And the guy called me an absolute idiot for doing it. But anyway, he was totally entitled to do that. I was. If the shoe fits. Exactly right. Uh, Davis, in regards to, as opposed to Mikey and Joel, their promotions aren't necessarily tied to academies as such. Uh, there's a lot of promotions that are now, EPW, of course, being one, uh, PCW, PWA, MCW, so many more uh, promotions around Australia are starting to have academies involved. The benefits of that for you guys in regards to uh, 
well, I suppose it, it's different for you because you've continued to work, but in regards to keeping the staff motivated and, and being able to do things with your, your regular your regular staff? Yeah, there was there was a real push from us immediately um, when when things first kicked off last year. We immediately went to online classes, and that was something for the school that we were able to maintain. And you know, some people chose to opt out. Um, very much that feeling, I think, of what we were discussing earlier. That I think for some people, they either want it all or they don't want it at all. Um, that they needed some separation between themselves and this thing that they love doing. Um, but we we made a concerted effort to try and get classes online straight away. And a major part of that was not so much just uh, because we wanted to keep supplying a product to the good folks who, who come and train with us, but also just for the sake of everyone's mental health as well. It was just the opportunity to have a daily check-in with everybody, see how everyone's doing. Um, and, and in turn it became easier for us to launch back into some form of shows. So as Joel was saying earlier, um, I think it was Joel, it might have been Mikey, that, um, you know, you need you need to get a certain amount of people in the building to make shows worthwhile. For us, we were able to, to push back to academy shows, uh, showcases as we call them over here, uh, which would be an opportunity for, for everyone to wrestle and for a very small amount of fans to come along and witness that as well. Because obviously there were very tight restrictions in place still. We could, I think we could only have 50 people in the building. So that meant you're basically running on base staff. You've got the least amount of wrestlers that you can get in the building to run a show. And then you've maybe got 30 or 40 fans in the building. Um, But at that stage, that's what everybody wanted. Uh, The wrestlers wanted to wrestle. The fans wanted to get out of the house and go and watch something. So uh, even in that limited capacity, it gave us the ability to put something out there. It's so much harder for promotions that aren't tied to schools to find where that launching off point is that um, for them, without having that that backing, there is just a, a certain amount of people that you need to get through the door. Otherwise, the exercise is very much not worthwhile. Yeah. For us, for us, you know, keeping things in play also helps service the school. Uh, which is which is a good money spinner for the promotion. So if we didn't get back to shows, it was very much in our best interest to put out whatever show we could because uh, the more people that were could see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of doing shows, that's obviously going to make more people enthusiastic about coming back to training and staying involved with the promotion. Boys, I want to talk to you next about booking. And I'll start off with the booking of interstate and international wrestlers first of all in the state and i'll kick it off with you first davis because it probably is an interesting one for you being a wrestler who does travel a fair bit do you feel that you're going to be curtailed in doing that over the next six to 12 months is your fallback or default position going to be what if that city goes back into a lockdown what if something happens and i get quarantined or i can't come back home is that something that's going to be very much uh, at the front of your mind when looking to come into state for a match now? Yeah, absolutely. And from speaking to some of the top guys over here who do travel as well, it's certainly a consideration of theirs as well. But, um, you know, particularly with the way the, the WA government has handled um, any suspected COVID cases, that 
for for me um, and and for the other guys as well. They have responsibilities here. We we have kids, we have jobs. Um, you know, we have families that are depending on us to be present. It's it's already tough at times to say to the wife, "Sorry, uh, you've got the kids for the weekend." No matter what sort of stressful week you've had, uh, catch you later. I'm packing my bags and I'm heading to Melbourne or Adelaide. Um, so to to be confronted with the possibility of uh, potentially having to go into quarantine and it's, you know, it's two weeks paid quarantine here. I know, I know uh, Mikey Nichols had a booking interstate and basically asked the promotion, the promotion we're asking him to uh, fulfill his booking. And I think he was pretty much saying, if you are prepared to put up the amount of money it will cost me to go into quarantine, plus the dollars that I would lose from not being able to work over that period as well. If you can guarantee me all that, then I'm more than happy to, continue and, and fulfill my booking and you know I don't think any promotion could guarantee that so um, I know for me personally I've just kind of I had a few failed attempts where I was just starting to dip my toe back in the water and see what what the possibilities were in terms of getting something over the line and and actually traveling getting the booking done and getting home and until we get to a stage where um, travel is going to be unrestricted um, I think it's just not it's not really feasible at the moment. And we like I had an incident sort of just speaking to that with people traveling into state where I was involved with the Pro Wrestling League events in Queensland on the weekend. Um, they had a COVID scare uh, in the fortnight running up to the show where you know other states justifiably and and I suppose quite rightly um, decided that then there were restrictions on talent coming in. Uh, we had two people from Adelaide, aged uh, Punch Drunk Istria and Tommy Knight on the show. Um, they were going to have to quarantine for a couple of days. I think it was because Queensland wasn't as serious. It was just until they returned a negative test upon their return. And that was something that, you know, was then discussed with them. And they said, look, we're, we're, we are aware of the risks. We are happy to be involved with the show still. And, you know, as, as luck would have it, this actually worked out as, as a positive rather than having to get locked down instead, no pun intended. Um, and they got back to Adelaide just a few hours after it was sort of deemed that, yep, you don't actually have to return that negative test anymore. And I think by the next morning, they actually had the test results regardless and were able to just go back into work and didn't actually lose any money of it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not just over here, like a, a nationwide, it's going to be interesting uh, seeing how things go. And I know with Wrestle Rock, with the show that we had, uh, we had to postpone and then cancel. We had talent from interstate coming in, but deliberately we opted not to advertise them until it was going to be closer to the show like i hadn't booked their flights or anything like that just because we weren't sure where things were going to wind up and you know i i, I still have a, a couple of thousand bucks tied up from promoting mcw at the start of last year where we we had a whole heap of people coming from interstate and you know i'm, I'm still i'm still waiting to use those credits still uh, so it's just one of those things where rather than add to it, it's sort of been, all right, let's rest on the laurels of, of the people who we know are going to be here uh, and that we know can pivot easier um, if, if the proverbial hits the fans. So, yeah, like that was something where we kind of had to get a little bit creative with that too. But, um, yeah, it hasn't been fun. Joel, you've had some good uh, 
a good influx of international uh, interstate wrestlers come to the uh, the DMDU shows over the last few months since you started. Uh, international wrestlers, though, there's so many great deathmatch wrestlers internationally who I'm sure you would have had visions of bringing over in the next six to 12 to 24 months. I'm assuming that most of that is probably on the back burner as well with the internationals. The the drama that we're running into at the moment is there's no clear messaging on it from whether it be state or federal on, you know, whether we can pull it off. Uh, Obviously, you know, we've seen a scant few Australians come and go over the course of the pandemic. Um, where we've seen recently in, you know, the last six weeks, three Australians uh, somehow get out of Australia to show that it is possible to go and wrestle overseas, again, from kind of a performer aspect here. But bringing talent in, we, we don't know if they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, that's obviously, as Davis mentioned earlier, a huge expense uh, for any local promotion. You know, it runs into the thousands and thousands of dollars before they can even get to the building. And obviously, you know, that states that they're missing out on uh, back home as well. So it, it's more kind of once, not even that clears up, but there's more clear messaging around exactly what it's going to look like if international talent are fully vaccinated and coming into Australia, you know, how long do they have to quarantine? Is it till they return a negative COVID test? Or they've got to sit around for, for two weeks or, you know, up to 21 days um, that we can kind of make those decisions. And then the other side of it is... When you're booking people from outside of Australia, the amount of forward planning that you've got to go into, um, I think the days of trying to smuggle them in on a tourist visa are officially over. Um, so making sure that we've got the forward planning to be able to issue them, you know, a working visa, we, which is a headache in itself. And we don't know what that's going to look like um, post-pandemic as well. You know, is enough reason for me to pull the remainder of my hair out. Mm. But kind of... Do you take your best shot and go, I think it's going to be cleared up in six months' time and start planning stuff now, or do we write it off? Obviously, it's a promotion-by-promotion promotion case, but, you know, speaking for us, we're chomping at the bit to get some people over here. And, you know, I know a lot of our roster, as well as Davis and Mikey's roster, are chomping at the bit to get out again. Um, it, it, we just don't really know at this stage. Davis, the relationships between wrestlers in the dressing rooms, uh, pre and post and during shows. As we heard the boys and yourself say before, everyone has a different opinion on this whole thing, on vaccinations, on COVID, on the whole world at the moment. Has it strained relationships at all? I don't think necessarily that issues surrounding the pandemic have uh, tested relationships over here at least. Um, You know, it's... It's as much a part of conversation as it would be anything else around the water cooler, I suppose. But it's it's not necessarily been something that uh, has has taken like a, a focus in the locker room. Um, and it's definitely been something that I think most people in a, a involved with EPW they they're a fairly similar mindset. Um, and I suppose also because things haven't affected us all that much here that. Um, it's probably not the sort of heated discussion that it might be in Sydney or Melbourne. Um, but on the flip side, I would say, you know, obviously everybody's mental health has suffered a little bit through this. Um, and even over here, like I said, it, just having that constant thought in the back of your head that everything can be taken away from you at a moment's notice. Um, I would say that there are definitely 
times where relationships are strained just because people are probably under a little more pressure than they have been in the past. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but um, it's certainly something I'm aware of when I'm dealing with people at training and at the shows that um, there are people who, who wear stress very differently. And if we can just be mindful of that in dealing with particularly creative types, when we, um, when we put the shows on and when we're at training, um, the more mindful we can be of each other. And, you know, that, that spills out the greater society as well, that if we could just approach people with a, um, with a bit of a smile and an optimistic attitude about how the exchange is going to go, you're probably going to find a better result than you would if you go in there all guns blazing. Which is something that I've actually found with a couple of people who I've spoken to about, you know, this topic as well and seeing things on social media and then sort of rather than trying to jump into the fray too much, uh, going, hey, is everything all right and doing all that sort of thing. And, you know, like it's like, like Stormy said, everyone's got different like everything's playing on people's minds in different fashions at the moment um yeah and just sort of being able to kind of try and cut through it rather than jumping on twitter about it um a lot of the time is is probably going to yield the best results for all involved um you know and just try and help everyone uh see those differing point of views like it's 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 pretty much that's what it comes down to at the moment Joel, a lot of promotions will have taken a financial hit over the last uh, 18 months since COVID started for all different reasons. There'll be extra costs associated with COVID now. Once we get into it, of course, there'll be uh, QR codes that need to be scanned. There'll be the checking of, as we said, uh, vaccination passports, all that sort of stuff, uh, whatever goes along with having to put on a show in COVID times. Is that going to be a disadvantage to the punter? Is that that cost will need to be passed on to the punter, won't it? At some point, yeah. Um, th- that's the log and the short of it. The state government here in Melbourne, you know, there there were grants available to certain wrestling companies, and I know I don't know if everyone applied for them, and I know for a fact that not everybody got them. But you know, there has been some kind of compensation for some promotions. Uh, with those grants, which kind of, you know, literally does throw the promotions a lifeline. But uh, obviously, like when WrestleRock being, being a prime example, they sold out their show and essentially have to give all the money back. But there's already things, the second you decide you're going to run a show, there's things that get outlaid, things like insurance and, you know, deposits on buildings and stuff like that. And some of that can obviously roll over, but some of it just evaporates. Um, D- DMDU notwithstanding, obviously, like we're, we've one of the reasons why we're, we've keep postponing and keep postponing is because we've already sold all these tickets and a lot of that money has already been passed on to vendors and third parties. So the ability to kind of refund everything, um, promotion by promotion, you know, it, it's not necessarily an option because the alternative is sometimes, you know, you've got to turn the lights off because there's just not that much money in the kitty for, you know, smaller promotions or newer promotions that haven't had the time to build that up. So I, I we've, we haven't really discussed whether or not we're going to pass uh, too much of it onto the punter yet, but I hazard a guess and say like conversations not too far away and definitely happening in other places. Mikey, your thoughts on all that? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, like Joel said, you know, 
it, it sort of was easier for us to just kind of go, oh, whatever. Um, like for me, and I know, uh, like I don't want to speak for the, for the rest of the management team too much. It was one of these things where we were looking at it, just going, man, everyone's struggling at the moment. Let's just give the money back. Um, you know, there's there's something that people need more than tickets to a wrestling show. So we sort of thought, rather than holding on to it, let's just give it back at a time where they, you know, that that 30 or 40 bucks or whatever times by how many people are going, that may actually come in really handy for some people, especially if, if um, you know, payments are starting to clear up and all the rest of it as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was pretty much a case of let's just start afresh from this. Um, and, you know, hopefully... When we come back, people will be keen and ready to go. You know, we've got faith in the in what we're doing, and that's not to say that other promotions don't. Um, but you know, we, we trust that when the time comes, everyone's going to be keen to get back into it. So for us, we sort of thought, well, rather than get too far into this, rather than hold on to money, rather than have all this uncertainty, let's just scrap it. Let's just shut it down, and then we'll turn the lights back on when we can. Um, yeah, and that's 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 pretty much been our deal. If if people want to support, they're able to buy a t-shirt or something like that. You know, like there there's still ways for people to do it. So we just sort of thought, rather than hold on to that money, let's try again next year, and we'll make sure that we give the reason for people to come back. I think that that provides you with a certain amount of goodwill when you do yeah. come back as well. That I think, uh, particularly when times are tough, I think people are going to remember. Uh, you know, which promotions, which companies, um, like even even in our local area, I know that the the Woolworths near us, the the manager there was just outstanding when, when things were going crazy. He was leading from the front. He was out there greeting people, making sure that things weren't getting out of control. And uh, I know that business is certainly, it, it's a Woolworths that struggled for uh, traction in the market around here prior to COVID. Um, and the place is just full all the time now. I think that, that people remember uh, who had their back when times were tough and that you can actually use this moment um, by just doing what, what you consider to be the right thing if you're in the financial position where you can do that. Um, I think it's going to buy you an awful lot of goodwill with people as well. Mikey and Joel, this one's predominantly for you and it's based around the fact that because we've hardly had any wrestling here in Victoria for the last 18 months or let's say nearly two years, the storylines and the bookings that we had prior to wrestling being shut down back in March of 2020, do we effectively start all over again? Are any of those storylines and are any of those feuds that were happening two years ago valid now or is it just let's, let's just recreate the whole thing? I know for Wrestle Rock, there'll be stuff that just disappears and vanishes, and it is what it is. Um, you know, we'll we'll come up with something that's that's different. You know, like I'm I'm sure Fresh will sit down and come up with some really good stuff that's going to take its place instead. Um, I know at PCW, we just sort of commenced uh, a storyline with a major turn over the championship. Um, that's something that, you know, I'm sure we will pick up and adjust accordingly. But again, there are going to be things where it, it's 
not the same or it gets changed. Promotions will have to pivot. Again, people have left, people have retired. Um, it's, it's almost a necessity at this point that some stuff is going to get dropped. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's not much you can do about it. And if, if it's something that you're really invested in, that's when the power of uh, social media and coming up with content and all the rest of it to remind people exactly where things are at, that's where that's going to come in handy too. Mikey hit it right on the head. Like the, the big thing for us is that even in, you know, this lockdown since, since July, a lot of the pieces aren't available to us anymore to continue to tell stories. And admittedly, we're not the most story heavy promotion to begin with, but um, we, we've made no secret. Charlie Evans was a massive part of our plans for the remainder of 2021, but obviously due to New South Wales having a massive outbreak that, that effectively stopped any of the, the Sydney talent being able to get into Melbourne and then opportunities present themselves elsewhere. We lose a vital piece of our storytelling puzzle. So it, it's whether or not we do try and kind of substitute or whether, you know, these angles and storylines get left on the cutting room floor. It's um, it does give the opportunity for talent to step up um, into roles when, you know, not, not just, the storylines fade away over time. But as Davis was talking about, you know, having interstate bookings pull at the last second, uh, I think the thing we did see kind of in the first half of 2021 was a lot of talent stepping up into new roles uh, and kind of taking these opportunities that wouldn't necessarily be there for them because we were losing top talent on very short notice due to lockdowns. And at the other end of the scale for you, Davis, consistency is has been such a great thing, I suppose, over there. Yeah, absolutely. We've 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 just ploughed on as per usual um, between our showcases and then uh, running a second promotion here, second brand. Um, things have just been flat out, and that that royal show in particular um, provided a lot of opportunities for a lot of inexperienced talent. So, you know, while while um, being so segregated from the rest of Australia particularly in wrestling, has sometimes worked against us over here um, in that societal sense. Being so segregated from Australia has really helped us during this difficult time that um, it hasn't just been able to creep through the border like it has been to Queensland or, or Victoria or Sydney or wherever over there, that it, it's, it's much harder for it to get in over here because generally people have to actually jump on a plane and, and flights are limited at the moment. So... Yeah, it's it's we've seen a lot of growth uh, over here, particularly from our uh, our. I suppose the term is mid card. I don't really, I don't really like to help uh, people like with those sorts of terms. But um, I will also say that um, the improvement in the top talent here has been remarkable as well and I was actually just talking um, there was a bit of a conversation going on about names that should be listed for our it's pretty remarkable but the the top level guys your Michael Mulioni's your uh, Marcus Pitts Damian Slater Gavin McGavin these guys are just so driven that at a time where many people have taken their foot off the gas um, these guys have just stepped it up to a whole nother level. So uh, we've been really fortunate from that point that these are all 
ultra professional guys who do have a lot of experience and really could have taken this opportunity to just rest on their laurels. Uh, but instead they've just turned it up. And, you know, if these guys can get into state uh, next year, I think they're going to have a really big impact that the improvement, uh, even at the very top of the tree here has been huge. We've spoken a lot about the promotional side of the business with you guys. And a final question before I let you go, I want to look at a, a more personal side of it. And was there a feud that you knew as either a promoter or as a wrestler, Davis and Joel coming up that you were so looking forward to that has been taken away from you? I'll start off with you, Davis. I can't think of anything immediately off the top of my head. Um, no, we. I think most of what we had proposed, we managed to we managed to hang on to, and I suppose that's the that's the bonus that we've had of working off an exclusively home roster. That um, we generally don't have too many huge plans involving interstate or international wrestlers, and rather they might be used as a um, as a punctuation uh, point in a feud, but they're very rarely used as the full stop at the end there. Generally comes back to um, homegrown wrestlers working with homegrown wrestlers again over here. So uh, we've been really fortunate. I can't, I can't actually think of a, um, of a single case. Oh, sorry. There, there were two matches um, that should have gone ahead. Um, we were hoping, or we had um, the PWA champ, Ricky South coming out here to work with Edith Knight. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, which would have been fantastic. And um, old man Stormy got called off the bench to fill in for that one. Um, and then I think with this Saturday's main event, which will see myself take on Julian Ward, um, I think the original plan was we were we were hoping to have Tommy Knight out here. So, um, yeah, those, those are probably some matches that, you know, we're very much looking forward to getting in the ring at some point. Um, but no, we've, we've not missed out too much here. Joel? From a promotional perspective, we caught lightning in a bottle as a country because there was a time where we were the only country in the Western world delivering pro wrestling in front of a live audience, where, where the US and the UK were doing studio tapings in front of no one. We had crowds. Uh, and what came with that is a lot of, you know, our, ex, our, our top exports came home for a spell. Uh, obviously, Aussie Open, Charlie Evans, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The fact that the rest of the world has opened up and we've kind of tripped at the finish line, so to speak, in regards to managing the pandemic, at least here on the East Coast, means that, you know, stories with, with those two talents specifically kind of went unfulfilled. We started a story with Aussie Open that, you know, was going to run a few shows. Um, borders got tight, they couldn't make a date and then off to the UK Davis and Kyle go and then in the same breath like I said we had massive plans for Charlie Evans I had massive plans uh, to work with Charlie but obviously you know she's super lucky to be able to get out of Australia at the time where the independence in the US mm. are red hot and you know I, the in, personally I'm disappointed but professionally um you know, I've said it a whole bunch. She's one of the top wrestlers on the planet. And the only person who hasn't worked it out is her. So hopefully yeah, in this kind of, you know, spell leading up to Christmas in the US, um, she can show the rest of the world what she's really capable of. Anything that you can think of, Mikey? Um, 
I don't even remember what we had for Wrestle Rock. <laughs> um, like I know, I know with PCW there was some stuff that you know was was down looking concrete, which was looking good. Um, but you know, well, if if it's that important, we'll hold on to it and we'll make sure that we um, keep doing that there with Wrestle Rock. It's it's almost the same thing. Like when we come back, there will be some stuff that's kind of a clean slate, but. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that new opportunities can arise from it as well. Um, you know, there's the chance that we might get lucky and there might be something that wasn't on the cards before uh, that we can suddenly do and adapt and change and add to and all the rest of it that, that, that comes along with cards subject to change. So, yeah, like, I mean, I was really looking forward to Richie Taylor and Royce, which we were going to do on the Wrestle Rock show, which got scrapped. Uh, that's obviously not going to happen um, with Richie gone now, which is, you know, a huge loss, but we'll adapt. Uh, there'll be new opportunities, new things that we can work on. And yeah, like rather than get bogged down with what was there in the past, I'm trying to be optimistic about it and looking more to the future because I think that there is some some potentially really cool stuff on the horizon that we can get involved with should we choose to. I'm glad you're optimistic about it because that is exactly what the punters out there want to hear. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. And, and with that level of optimism, we've covered a fair bit tonight and it's all sort of been around the dark side of COVID and, and promotions shutting down and all that sort of stuff. I'm going to give you an opportunity just to sell the future of wrestling especially here in Victoria, and you can do so for Australia, Davis, for Perth and the rest, and and how bright the future will be once we get these doors back open again. Mikey, you're the, optim you're the optimist. Uh, you kick it off. I reckon stay tuned. You know, every, everyone who wants to make a good go of this is going to get the chance to do so once COVID lifts. Um, that's not just in Melbourne, that's all over the place. Like I know in Queensland where they've still been able to do shows, the team at Pro Wrestling League have been super awesome in terms of getting ready and getting prepared for something up there which Queensland's needed for ages. Uh, here there's, there, there are plenty of people, plenty of promotions who are, who are ready to go. And I, I think once that light at the end of the tunnel appears with COVID, that once that light appears, then people are going to be ready to go. Like, it's difficult to have that optimism when it's just lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. When does this end? But it doesn't stay like this forever. It can't. It won't. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think there's going to be some good stuff once we come out of this. Joel? As I mentioned, there was a period of time where we were the only country in the Western world putting on live wrestling in front of an audience. And I think that gave the rest of the world a taste of just how good we are. We've all been sitting here saying it for, you know, almost the last 20 years, but now we're starting to get to show it. So I, I'm super excited for, for what's to come, you know, cross spreads opportunity. And there's so many unique uh, bits of uh, product being put out there at the moment uh, by both wrestlers and, and promotions. It's a super exciting time, you know, we're being around as long as, you know, everyone here has been. We're, we're even still now seeing stuff that we've never seen before, and it's super exciting to see the innovation um, across the industry as a whole in this country. So I'm super excited for, for what's to come. Um, like Mikey said, when that 
light at the end of the tunnel becomes a little bit more clearer. And the final word to the godfather of wrestling? I'm super excited to see things open back up that I think, um, you know, although uh, opportunity overseas is probably going to drag some of our finer exports away more regularly, that just opens the door for an absolute wealth of talent. So, you know, we've, we've got... We've got this, what has been for the longest time, the second tier of Aussie wrestling that maybe hasn't gotten the recognition that they deserve um, because we do have so many exceptional world-class talented wrestlers uh, within this country that are are stuck in these borders. I think there's just going to be this opportunity. Wrestlers are going to want to travel as much as possible. So we're we're possibly going to see even more cooperation between promotions interstate um, yeah, and and to see an entire scene, like it seems like Queensland wrestling um, just in general has done a great job of capitalising on this situation and that they have had the opportunity to put on shows over there and that they have been preparing. It looks like a lot of hard work has gone in uh, over there in Queensland over the past couple of years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I think there's once once the... And, and society needs to settle a little bit. But I think once it does, uh, Australian wrestling seemed like it was gearing up for another golden age. Um, and I'm hoping that we can continue that surge as soon as we can get back because there's plenty of world-class talent around this country that just needs the opportunity. And if we can get them together, um, I think we can really shock the world. Perfectly said, gentlemen. We thank you so much for your time. Tonight, uh, as we said, hopefully it's not too far away until these borders open and uh, the wrestling doors can reopen again to the public and we can start putting on some shows over here in the Eastern Seaboard. David, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Keep up the great work over there at EPW. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. Mikey J, uh, thank you so much also for being a part of uh, this little chat. A pleasure as always. Thank you for having me on and listening to the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> well, very coherent ramblings they were too. And Joel Bateman, next time we speak, you'll be a father. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, it was excellent to see uh, everyone here. It's, it's been too long and hopefully we can catch up for a pint in person sooner rather than later. Hope you enjoyed our episode of On the Turnbuckle this week. We'll be back with more next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com. <laughs>